apps can do a lot of cool things. You could order dinner, gamble on your favorite team, and track your health. You could even get a mortgage. One click and you can be approved. I'm not sure by who or what country they're in. You deserve more from the mortgage industry. At AnyMac Home Mortgage, we believe in the need for live human interaction during a very complex process. The kind of service and guidance which an app simply can't provide. Our customers are more than credit scores and income documents. They're individuals and families who live in and strengthen our communities. Their story is our story, and that story begins in a home. Chris Sawyer is an expert on providing superior customer service and in meeting the mortgage needs of current and future home buyers. With over 18 years of experience in the industry, Chris is able to help customers migrate through the home buying and home financing process by using his wealth of knowledge as a well-qualified mortgage professional. And best of all, Chris is located in Cromwell, Connecticut, where he has helped hundreds of clients in Connecticut, Massachusetts, and Rhode Island make their dreams of home ownership a reality. Visit chrissawyer.annie-mac.com, email him at csawyer at annie-mac.com, or give him a call, 860-878-8730. Chris Sawyer, NMLS number 39345, corporate NMLS number 338923, Mac Home Mortgage and Equal Housing Lender, American Neighborhood Mortgage Acceptance Company, LLC, DBA, Mac Home Mortgage, Lo-Fi Direct, Connecticut First Mortgage Correspondent, License Lender, Broker Number, ML 338923, Massachusetts Mortgage Lender, and Mortgage Broker License Number, MC 338923, Rhode Island License Lender, License Number 20112810L. Call for additional details. Shepard all alone. Shepard breaks a tackle and into the end zone. Sterling Shepard. Thibodeau got there, got the ball out, scooped it and scored. Touchdown Giants, Kayvon Thibodeau. Second down, five, Jones again. Oh, here he goes. He can see the pylon. Touchdown. Barkley. Looking for a seam. Great cut. Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Jawing About the G-Men Giants Football Podcast. I'm Big Jace, joined by Justin D'Onofrio from Sports Talk with R&J. How you doing today, Justin? I'm good, thanks, Jace. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Yeah, uh, we have you on for a very special reason. Yesterday, Selection Sunday, we're going to be diving into the NCAA tournament, uh, talking uh, a, a lot about that. But, I mean, this is John about the G-Men. We got to start things off with the Giants. And last week, me and Sean, we were on here all doom and gloom. Oh, the, da- Daniel Jones is going to get the franchise tag. We might not get Saquon Barkley back. Uh, but they came in right at the wire. Right at the end of it, uh, the New York Giants re-signed Daniel Jones to a four-year, $160 million contract, and thus also being able to franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Um, I, 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 Sean was more doom and gloom last week. I, I had faith they'd get something done and bring both these guys back. And also, uh, the rumors are now that they're working to get uh, bring back Sterling Shepard, so I won't have to change the intro, so that's good. But uh, the, the the big thing here with me for the Daniel Jones contract, I mean, the, this was his one, like, good year. I mean, he's hit, shown glimpses in the past. But the big thing I want to point out with this is uh, the $82 million guaranteed and all that guaranteed money is in the first two years. So, I, to me, that just – this is a really a two-year contract. And if he does exceed – what if he does play like how uh, the Giants want him to – to play if he is good enough if he does if he does if he is that guy and shows that he can be that guy for multiple years uh the, then you have him for the four but uh if you want to get rid of him at the two i mean you know you have him for next year if you want to bring in a guy for that last year maybe dra- if he struggles this year draft someone have him uh have him back up daniel jones tell he, uh that guaranteed contracts up but I, I don't know. I, I'm just excited that they're both back in New York. The, the foundation is not changing up at all. And now Joe Shane and, uh, and Dayball can build on this with the draft, upcoming free agency, and hopefully get the Giants back to the playoffs. But my question for you, Justin, for what do you think of the deal? But also, does this put the Giants in the best position to return to the playoffs? 
I think it definitely does put the Giants in a good position to get back in the playoffs, just because I think of how wide open the NFC is outside of the Niners and Eagles. Like I, I think anybody else, you know, there's a lot of teams in that NFC that could be in the playoffs. And I think the Giants are set up very nicely, um, you know, with Barkley and Jones coming back. And as you mentioned, second year under Shane and Dable and both those guys did a really good job in year one. I think, you know, the Giants have potential yet again to be back in the playoffs. The only concern I had, and I, do like it's kind of the two-year $82 million guaranteed. I just think the $40 million a year is a little bit too much money for him. You know, I, I I know he you know he had his best year of his career, but it was only 15 touchdown passes. I know he had seven rushing touchdowns, and I know all those wide receivers were really banged up all year, but I thought it was a little bit too much, but I get why the Giants had to do it so that they could franchise tag Saquon Barkley. Um. But, yeah, I, th- I think this really does help out the Giants, and I do like the direction they're going in. And it's a team that, yeah, I don't think they're there with the Eagles, but I definitely think it's a team that could finish second place in that division. Yeah, I, well, I mean, you mentioned the Eagles. The Eagles are also, they're like, they're losing a lot uh, this offseason as well. Uh, so so I think the NFC East, even though the, the Eagles did just get to the Super Bowl, even though Jalen Hurts is their guy and he's – He's one of the top quarterbacks in the league. With as much as they're losing, I think the NFC East is kind of wide open. Uh, I don't expect them, the Eagles to be as dominant as they were last year. Uh, like th- three losses, I don't expect them to, to repeat that. So I think the NFC East, and I, I mean, it, it's been – there's out of all of the divisions of football, there's been the most parity with the NFC East in the past, what, like 20 years? So, yeah, I, I can see it happening. Uh, I, I see this being good for the Giants to take uh, a hold of that. And also, uh, I, I mentioned the two-year thing. Uh, I, I mentioned the possibility of cutting him, getting rid of it. But also, like, uh, I think it's just a te- like somewhere around 10 mil cap hit for this season. Uh, if they start winning, I, I think that two-year mark, too, that's also where you can look to restructure um, Daniel Jones, if, if he feels like the Giants have done right to him, buy him, maybe restructure and maybe get some more pieces to help him out even further down the line. But uh, I like this, and I think the future is bright for the Giants after the, these this start to the offseason, at least. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think so as well. And I think, yeah, it's important to keep Daniel Jones because I do think under Dable, he did, got, he did improve last year. And I, I think you saw... I know you mentioned earlier, we've seen kind of the glimpses of of that Daniel Jones could be a, a solid franchise quarterback in this league. And I think last year w- was, a, was a really good step in the right direction. So I think it's totally there. And I think he's a guy that, yeah, could, you know, under Dable can continue to improve. And Barkley, we've seen, you know, was finally healthy this year. And we saw that, you know, just kind of like his rookie year, that he can be one of the better backs in the entire, you know, National Football League. And he was. So, yeah, you can keep two of those guys there. You hope, you know, the offensive line, maybe they'll add another piece or two this offseason. You know, maybe like guys like Andrew Chance will continue to improve here, um, you know, this offseason. And, yeah, I, I think the Giants right now are are in a really good spot. And they, they do have some cap space as well to kind of, uh, you know, go out, do something in free agency too. And, you know, we'll see, we'll see what Joe Shane can do in the draft. So, yeah, I think right now the Giants, you know, outlook right now. And I, I think, you know, they're in a very good kind of position right now, kind of keep continue to build. Yeah, and I mean th- that is the thing. Like, you, even though we got to the playoffs, even though the Giants got to the playoffs, even though you, you're bringing back uh, your two best offensive players, it, it is still building, and you got a lot to do. The cap, uh, I, I mean, the cap space they got this off season w- with free agency starting, gonna get that. See, see what you bring in there, and then you also have the draft. Eleven picks in the draft, so th- this is very, very meaningful. Uh, so. I don't know. Uh, obviously, everyone's clamoring for a wide receiver, but obviously that defense needs help, uh, especially in that secondary. Um, all right. Uh, so let's move on from the Giants. Uh, sticking with football, though. Uh, there's a lot of football news going on, though. Uh, also got to mention Jalen Ramsey getting traded to the Dolphins. Make sure you tune in to Sports Talk with R&J. On Wednesday at one, where I'm sure you, Justin, and 
Steve will be talking about that. Uh, and then also, I mean, I, I'm hearing a bunch of rumors that Aaron Rodgers could be traded any day now. But I feel like those rumors have been going on for years, a years at this point. So yeah, uh, but uh, l- let us talk about an actual trade that happened. Uh, big one for this off season. Chicago Bears trade the first overall pick to the Carolina Panthers for uh, DJ Moore, the ninth overall pick this year and the 61st overall pick this year, and uh, 2024 first round pick and a 2025 second round pick. And the the Bears also might this might be a little bit of a domino effect. They might even trade back even farther, try and get some more as- assets. I've I've been hearing that as well, uh, but. Uh, so, so Chicago can still do a lot of stuff. I mean, they're building on what they got. Justin Fields. It's obviously obvious now. I, I hated that as much as I hate everyone talking about Aaron Rodgers during the off season, how every day, if you watch ESPN, there's going to be one segment on Aaron Rodgers. I, I, I think worse than that, this off season was people talking, should the bears keep Justin Fields? That was ridiculous. They obviously are now, but uh, uh, w- w- let's hold on to the Bears there for a second. Let's talk about the Panthers. I, I mean, uh, who did the Panthers trade up to get? Who is this number? Who do you think the number one pick is here for for the Panthers? Because obviously Anthony Richardson Richardson's jumping up. Uh, Bryce Young, he's losing some stock with his height. Uh, I. I talked about it with Sean last week when we were recapping the NFL Combine. C.J. Stroud is just sitting there. Just I, I don't know why he's losing stock, but he's just super consistent. But so if you're the Carolina Panthers, who are you? Who are you going to use that number one overall pick for, Justin? I think I'd use it on C.J. Stroud. You know, and I know I've I've seen that maybe Carolina's doing it to you know uh, Anthony Richardson in the full two, but. I think Richardson maybe had the most, the most potential, but I think under the right system and the right staff, and I don't think that you'll get the full potential of Carolina. I think, you know, CJ Stroud, the guy's six foot three, can't, you know, has some mobility, but it, you know, maybe it isn't the greatest out there, but I think with his arm strength, I think you saw against that Georgia team in the, in the uh, college football playoff um, with his arm, what he's able to do kind of under pressure, you know, a guy that kind of under Ryan Day that's done a really good job with quarterbacks in that system. I the guy for me would probably be CJ Stroud at, at the Panthers, you know, you know, who they should take with that number one pick. Yes, you know, the height's the issue with uh, Bryce Young. I do worry a little bit about injuries because of his height kind of down the line. Um, but I, I think CJ Stroud is kind of the guy out of those kind of you know, him and Bryce Young, Anthony Richardson, Will Lowes, I think could be the Best out of those four. Yeah, I, I I'm with you there. And listen, I don't want to, I don't want to take anything away from Anthony Richardson, but I I feel like the only like everyone's argument is just his whole career thus far has just been comparisons. He goes to Florida. Obviously, wearing the the fifteen, everyone's like Tim Tebow, Tim Tebow, Cam Newton. And then now you have Carolina Panthers trading up to him. Oh my gosh, Cam Newton 2.0, 2.0. Just because you have the measure measurables doesn't mean you're going to turn into that. So I, I I mean, when like when does on the field play matter? It feels like it doesn't because I mean, Josh Allen obviously the. People are going to bring him up. Yeah, Wyoming. He didn't look great, but he was at Wyoming. He didn't have stars. This is still Florida. Granted, this isn't the Urban Meyer Florida. He still got stars on that team, and he wasn't able to to do anything great besides beating my 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 Utah Utes because Cam Rising threw a pick. Like Utah should have won that game, but that's neither here nor there. So I. I I don't understand it. Yeah, measurables are cool, but I care about the product on the football field, and I don't think Anthony Richardson does that for me. That gives you that. So I'm with you with C.J. Stroud, uh, and with Bryce Young, his height, I don't think that's going to be an issue. Look at all the the quarterbacks that have come in. Russell Wilson, Drew Brees, 
Uh, all these guys have come in, had the questions at height, and been able to succeed. Uh, I think with any quarterback, we like to put quarterbacks on this high stature because they are the most important part of the team. But any, every, it doesn't matter what you have. Uh, it doesn't matter who your quarterback is. You need the talent around him. So I think uh, either way you put that talent around him, uh, e- either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young, I think they're going to do well. Uh, I, but I, I would take – I think C.J. Stroud would be a little bit better uh, just in an NFL setting. But uh, so, so I'm glad we agree on that. And it's crazy because I had Sean on here. He agreed C.J. Stroud too. So h- how is every – how is there a consensus on CJ Stroud? But these guys are are bumping up. I I don't understand it. I don't understand it, Justin. Yeah, me neither. I I yeah, because I know Anthony Rich had a great combine, but I'm with you. Like I watch you watch the game film, and I know me both me and you are big college football junkies, and you know I I so, you know we both saw a lot of the Florida games, and yes, yeah, so it, it's all like it seems like it's all about the potential, the potential, the potential. But you can only get that full potential if you if you put him around the right system and the right staff. And I don't know, you know, if Carolina would be that team because yeah, I remember watching that South Florida game that, you know, this year. And that South Florida team had one of the worst defenses, you know, we've we've seen in the last couple of years. And he struggled. He was like 12, 12 for twenty, uh, twelve for twenty six, one hundred forty yards, couple of picks. Like he was nothing special. And I, I and if you struggle that defense, how are you going to survive in the NFL? So. I'm with you. It just it kind of seems like everybody loves. Oh, I they just see the potentials and they, you mentioned the comparisons and everybody's all excited over it. It's the same thing with Will Levis. I feel like too. Everybody kind of thinks he could be the next Josh Allen, but it's like, you know, you you never know till you put him back on the field. But yeah, I, I think a guy like Strout and Young who have done it, we've seen that could kind of play on the highest level and had fantastic numbers. Um, it is it is interesting that yeah some of these guys put the mock drafts and they have Richardson and, and Levis you know right there because I just I, both those guys I don't totally I see why they do it but it's like I just haven't seen it enough on the field to go I, I'd be that be really confident in those in in the Levis and, and Richardson going like a number one overall yeah and, and I'm I, I'm here like harking on that and the measurables and that stuff but I, I mean I'm not gonna lie I used to be that guy. I, I came on. I was talking a lot about how Justin Herbert was going should go number one over Joe Burrow, and that was the real that that was the epiphany moment for me. I'm the biggest Joe Burrow guy. It, last year, I, I on John about the G men before the the Super Bowl, I got flamed for saying Joe Burrow's going to the Hall of Fame because I think he is. He's that good. So I I love Joe Burrow now, but that's that 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 was a turning point for me. It's not all about how how cool they how good they look how sexy they are uh, how well they can throw the deep ball how i mean uh, how fast they are it, it's not about that it's about just being it, it, the quarterback position is very very mental and that stuff and knowing what you have to do where the ball has to be at the right time um and anthony richardson he hasn't really shown me that too too much uh, at florida so all right let's uh it's exciting. It's exciting, though. Right? I'm excited uh, to, to see this movement, uh, to see someone trade up, especially the Panthers. Uh, ho- hopefully they can get their guy, and hopefully this could be something because the, the, the Panthers, I, I like when the Panthers are winning. Like I like that whole Cam Newton run. The, the, their uniforms are just so cool. I like seeing them in the playoffs. I like seeing that I, them do well because I like seeing that teal and black and silver. It's just cool. Uh, so hopefully they can build on something here. Uh, but l- let's take a look at the other side of the coin. Uh, the Bears, obviously, uh, the the whole Jalen Carter situation, I think, uh, really like nailed this in the coffin. That okay, they're not going to get the number. They're not going to keep the number one overall pick. They're going to trade it, and uh, and it, it honestly helped them because now you don't got to trade back a couple spots. Uh, to, to try and get a Jalen Carter or a Will Anderson, you, you, if you're not okay with Will Anderson, if you're okay losing Will Anderson, trade back a little bit more, get something that, granted, they have a lot of needs, but I don't necessarily think D-line is that big of a need for the Carolina Panthers. So, so I like this trade back. To me, I, I think 
uh, a perfect fit would be uh, Peter. Sa- I, no, I can't I, pronounce it. I can't pronounce it. Sikorinsky. 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 I apologize for that. Um, but yeah, the, the, I think them going back, getting that, helping, uh, helping Justin Fields. I also do know that Justin Fields, on a, on a, has come out and said he, he would really, really love if Jackson Smith and Jigba could end up on the team. I mean, we've seen what, uh, we've seen what Joe Burrow and uh, Jamar Chase can do. Uh, so maybe, but no, I, I think protect him. I, I, I've been saying this. I've been saying this. For almost a decade with the Giants, uh, I'm gonna keep saying it. I, I'm obviously a. I played high school O line. I love O line. Protect the man, and I think that's got to do. Also from Northwestern, uh, grew up in the area, knows the Chicago area. Uh, I, I think Bears fans would love that. So that's why I think they're eyeing on it. It might even be like. We don't know how far Jalen Carter is going to fall after all the off the field stuff. So maybe, maybe he falls to ninth. Maybe they do end up going a wide receiver. Uh, what do you see the Bears doing here? Yeah, I I agree with you. I think they go at O tackle for Pearson Orski out of Northwestern. I because he he got a hurt a couple of times last year. He's a guy that he's gotten hit a lot early on in his career, and for the first time in a while. Because I'm like, you think about it. When's the Bears the last time they've really had a really good franchise quarterback? And it's, you know, it's been 30, you know, 20, 25, 30 years. You know, it's been a while since the Bears have actually had somebody. And you finally have glimpses of that. But, yeah, you don't want him to get be like the next Andrew Luck and be out of the the league in five years. He's got he's racked up all these concussions. So I'm with you. I think you've got to go the offensive line. Yeah. You know, they're building some draft capital. And I and I don't think this is like the strongest offensive line class either this year. So I think you can get a defensive line later on. And I, and I think right now it would be for the bears early on, if they can get an offensive guy, offensive line guy very early on here, I think it'd be the smart choice for him. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I, I hate to say this, but in today's NFL def- I don't want to say it doesn't matter, but it just matters a lot less. Like, if you have an offense that can, can consistently put up 30 points, you're going to win most of your games. It doesn't matter how mu- how many points your your defense really gives up. If you can go tit for tat with any offense, but besides the the Chiefs cuz no one can go tit for tat with Patrick Mahomes, y- you can win football games. Uh so I think yeah, invest in the offense as much as you can cuz cuz that's the new New NFL, and you can once you have once you see that stuff, once players can really see your offense and how it is going, defensive. That's where you're going to get free agents and that stuff come in defensively. Uh, and the Bears have the most cap space this year to work with, so th- there's going to be a lot of stuff. I mean, we're talking about uh, Sikorinsky right now, so. Uh, so but who knows? They might they might go out and get a couple uh, guards and tackles, and that might not even be the need. They might end up going with the Jackson Smith and Jigba or uh, wh- whoever at wide receiver. Or th- there's a lot of options the the Bears can go. I mean, there there's a reason they had the number one overall pick. They were the worst team. The only thing they don't need is a quarterback. That's the only thing really. So we'll see what happens, but uh. A long road to, I mean, we're, yeah, almost a month away, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah right. So. Yeah, yeah, month, month, yeah, about a month, yeah, because it's late April. I, I forget the dates, but yeah, yeah, about a month and a half away. Um, yeah. Again, pretty cool. It's crazy, but yeah, absolutely. It's uh, right on the corner. The yeah. NFL draft. Yeah, and I mean, uh, free agency starts, is it this we week? We start at noon, I think. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, a lot of stuff, uh, a lot of movement, a lot of interesting stuff going on around the league. Um, but it doesn't matter. Uh, I, I think other than Aaron Rodgers getting traded, I don't think the NFL is going to do anything to take away from the NCAA tournament. 
because uh, it's just fun. And I think this year's especially even more fun because there's so many, there's so much parity. There's so many different teams. I remember last year going in saying, "Hey, it's gonna either be Gonzaga." Or, or, or I had like all the number ones. It was going to be Gonzaga or Kansas or, and uh, so that's how I felt. And look at Kansas came in. Granted, there were the the UNC. No one had, uh, and, and a bunch of other teams made, made like a run. But uh, I I think when it comes down to it, there's so many uh, different teams here. Uh, I will say my favorite though to win it all. Is Alabama? I put in a bet uh, right after. Uh, I mean, right after the whole situation. The well, I'll just say the South Carolina game when uh, Brandon Miller dropped forty-one. All eyes are on him. So much scrutiny is on him, and he goes out and does that. That just sold me. Got him at plus nine hundred. Right. Uh, so, so I think that's going to pay off if they win. But uh, I'm gonna read off my list right now, and then I, I want to hear your list of how many teams you can realistically see winning it all. So right now, obviously Alabama, Houston, uh, Purdue and Kansas. Those are all the, those are the four seeds, right? I mean, the one yeah, the, yeah, the four number ones. Yeah. Yeah. So I obviously got to have that. Then I also have UCLA and Arizona. Arizona has been on and off that list for me, but uh, I put them there. Because uh, they beat UCLA, Purdue, uh, Baylor, Texas is another team that's been going on and off that list for me. Gonzaga, Marquette. So that's what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten teams. And, and I've been listening, but I, I've been listening to a lot of like experts, and people have upwards of like twenty teams. Yeah. So. Uh, I do have another – I have 11 teams, but my 11th team is my Cinderella team. So we'll get to that in a little bit. How, how many teams can you realistically see winning the championship? Yeah, you know, I think there's going to be upward of the 15. I got Houston 1, UCLA 2, Kansas 3, 4, Bama, 5, Purdue, 6, Marquette, 7, Texas, 8, Arizona, 9, Gonzaga, 10, Baylor, 11, UConn. I got 12 at Miami. I, I really like their guard, but I to lump, but like in a year like this, I, I think you know you could see like that Miami, they got a five seed, could have a chance. Um I like Creighton as well. I just I love their starting five. I think you go back to North Carolina this year, they had no depth. Creighton doesn't have much depth either, but that that's a team. Greg McDermott's one of the best coaches in the in the in the game. I think they go on a run, and I think Xavier thinks thing like um Korean. they don't have depth i john miller kind of strolls when it gets them up the march but i think that's another team with their starting five they in Sole boom they got a chance so yeah i think there's close to 14 or 15 teams that could win it um i'm right there with you it's it's very wide open and there's not you know and it's one of these teams has to win six straight you know one of them does and there hasn't been a lot of times this year where the teams have kind of looked great for six straight games and kind of pull it off but one of these teams has to so yeah i think it's wide open i think it's one of these years where i wouldn't be shocked to see like a you kind of 2014 where we see a six or seven seed win this whole thing yeah uh the i i had uconn on here for a while on my list obviously i i'm wouldn't say i'm a necessarily a uconn fan but i live in connecticut so uh i, I obviously follow them but uh with the abysmal performances that uh, that, that got put out in that uh, in that loss to Marquette, or, or yeah. I, I don't know, I just don't think they have the depth. They're not too big of a fan of Hurley. The, the yeah. biggest thing with with me making my list here was looking at coaching wise. That's why I struggled to. Texas was on and off a lot because they have the players that they've been great, but. Just having that mid mid season uh, shakeup at coach, I, I don't know. Granted, they they have looked good, and uh, I I mean the, the blowing out Kansas the way they did that that's what really cemented them for me to put them on this list. Uh, 
so yeah, so coaching was also a team that I had on there, and I was struggling with Tennessee. The, that's another team. Season uh, points of the season, they've looked like they could be a contender, but then there have been points where, uh, like, just really, really bad. And also, uh, but but the thing with me that puts Alabama ahead of everyone for me is uh, I don't know if it's the colors or if it's just how, how good Brandon Miller is. I, I'm getting like. Buddy healed Oklahoma vibes from them, but I, I trust Nate Oates more as a coach. Granted, I don't. He, he's an he's a stupid for what he says off the court, but when it comes to the X's and O's and on that basketball court, he's good. And also, I mean, Coach K's gone now. We need that villain in college basketball, and I think with, with the way things have gone, I think Alabama might be that. And also, think about. We talked about college football. Think about how fun the SEC would be when every road game, the student ch- se- section is chanting something like basketball school or you see the signs on game day. Alabama's a basketball school now if they win the championship here. So I, I, I'm all in on Bama. But like I said, like Kansas, I, I'm not, I, I think they're probably the number two for me because they feel – Obviously, they don't have a Baji, but they feel very, very similar to how they felt last year. Like, they, uh, Bill Self, uh, talk about coaching wise. Bill Self has been like this, likes to draw stuff up and that stuff. He, he used to feel very, very old school coaching wise. But then when you got to the tournament last year, seeing them push the pace and get out and run with it with the wings they had. That didn't look like Kansas basketball, but that's what got them to the big dance. That's what got them the championship. I I think they can do that again this year. So I I don't know. And then uh, obviously it's just a lot. There's a lot going on here. Um, Another team I want to talk about, I want to focus on a little bit more, and I want to ask your opinions on them because I feel like just everyone is eclipsing them. Like – as far as like media plays, everyone, no one's really talking about them. And it's because of where they are, who they've played. But I mean, we've saw, we've seen them make a little bit of a run before and that's Houston. Like I, 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 I get it. They, they aren't playing the best competition. Yeah. They have a loss to temple. Yeah. They lost in the championship to Memphis, but it isn't like we haven't seen the, them make a run. And they've been – talk about a – granted, it might be a little bit because of their conference and not necessarily playing great teams. But you talk about a, a year with a bunch of inconsistencies, they've been the most consistent team. So I want to know your thoughts on Houston. Like, where do you have them as far as, like, able to win the championship? For me right now, they did lose Saturday – one of the best guards in the country and Marcus Sasser. And it was a groin strain. I don't know his status right now. If he's good and he's healthy, it's a Houston team that I think has a very good shot, but they're so relying on Marcus Sasser and, um, and, and, um, Jalen Sneed where that without Sasser, it's kind of a lot on Sneed's kind of back. Jairus Walker, you know, was a freshman five star probably a borderline lottery pick in the draft this year, you know, and, and Calvin Sampson is the best coach in the entire country. That's a team. They play really hard defensively, but it's also a team as well, because they don't play very fast. You know, they like to play their games in the sixties where they're not really going to blow you out. And that's the thing where teams are going to hang around. But if they have Marcus Sasser in that backcourt and he's fully healthy, then final four is in Houston. I think it's a team that could t- cut down the nets. But, yeah, without Marcus Sasser, I, I think it's a team that's very vulnerable. Maybe not to lose in the first weekend, but it's a team possibly I could see go down um, in the Sweet 16. Yeah, I actually love that you brought up the Final Four being in Houston. Because uh, well, let's throw on some tinfoil conspiracy hats here. Uh, Final Four is in Houston. Obviously, you got Houston. This is Jim Nance's last Final Four he's calling. 
You know where he went to college? University Houston. of Houston. So, I mean, the, how great would that be just seeing him at the end with Houston? But, uh, I mean, everyone thought – everyone was on the conspiracy bandwagon for Coach K last year. So, who, who knows? But, uh, all right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up here. Who is gonna? Who's your Cinderella story? Who are you predicting to be the the St. Peter's last year? Who are you pre- predicting to go and make this run? I'm going with the the Kent State Golden Flashes this year. I think a team it's they play Indiana last game Friday night or one of the last games Friday night. Um, they got it. You know, we got sincere Carter or um, yeah, Carey who averages close to 18 points a game. Um, he's a fifth year guy, and then they have probably one of the best perimeter defenders in all of college basketball, Malik Jacobs. And Indiana, they're very vulnerable when Jalen Hood-Safino struggles, and Jacobson could do that to him. And I, I think it's a it's a Kent State team that plays really good defense. Um, you know, they got some really good guard play that they can score the basketball. Um, Rob Senderoff, I think, is a very good coach. And I, I think, you know, he's a guy, he won a couple games. I think it's it, he's got a chance to – be looked at at a, at a power five gig um my one worry is kind of defending um trace jackson davis but i think the kent state team if they can move on they can knock off indiana um in albany i i think it's a team too that could beat off miami or drake as well i do think it's a team that could get to at least sweet 16 um kent state's made a one elite eight and oh two so it's a team that's gone on a run before I think it, I think Kent State could be a team that um, knocks off Indiana and may, makes a run. I I like that I, I like that Kent State pick. I was watching. Uh, I had my eye really close on Toledo because I think they were playing really really good basketball. And uh, obviously, I, I saw that that championship game. And yeah, I mean Kent State was, is right there. And I I I, I like that pick. For me, I got a I got a SpongeBob Square pick as a my my Cinderella, Oral Roberts. Uh, I was watching uh one of the college game days. Uh, Jay Billis said uh in the past I I don't remember how many years I want to say sixteen seasons or something. Uh, the the NCAA champion has been top ten in multiple. Uh, I, th- I want to say at least three statistical offensive categories and all Roberts is up there. Uh, obviously Max, uh, uh, Amos, uh, and then obviously, uh, the big guy, um, and over kind of Van and over. over. Yeah. And, I mean, and he's going viral. Everyone's seeing him cutting down the, the nets without using the ladder. So, uh, I, I think they got something, uh, I, obviously they got spanked by Houston and, uh, Amos only had three points in that game. I mean, and Houston's really, really good. So I, I think they could make a run. Can I see them ho- hoisting up the champion, the title? Um, I, I have them on my list. I don't, they're last on my list. They were that 11 team that I was talking about, but just with what they have, I think they can make a run possibly to the final four. Uh, but I don't think they can win it, but. Granted, like this was a team people have been. I feel like if people have been talking about a couple years now that they did have that upset. Was it two years ago? Yeah, yeah, twenty twenty one. Yeah, yeah. So th- they did have that. Um, I, I, I hope this can be the year where they actually do something with that because I, I think they have a decent enough squad to do so. But and I have been like, I, I. I I'm not I'm a Q's fan when it comes to college basketball. Q sucks. So I would I've honestly paid more attention to Oral Roberts than I have Syracuse. I could I will honestly say they're probably my favorite team this year. So that there's a lot of bias here. But I I think they can do it. I think they can do it. They're yeah. Yeah, Daniel Connor Vanner, guy seven foot five. The Duke can knock down the three three point shot as well. Like he can Pull away Derek Lively from the hoop and and Whitehead, I I, I definitely think Will Roberts got a chance to be dude. I, the one thing is is um with Philipowski, Lively, Whitehead, they're just you know 
how do they handle them? How do they handle on the board? Because outside of Vanover, they're not very big. But absolutely, it's a team that everybody saw two years ago do it. Max Aber is still one of the best guards in the entire country. I, I could see that. I could see old Roberts going up there. I think that's the best 12 seed in in the um you know in the field, and that's that's definitely a team that could um knock somebody off, especially Tennessee. They they and I think yeah they could beat Tennessee or Louisiana Lafayette where it comes out in that same pool. So yeah, I think it's a good pick. I think Oral Roberts is uh that's a that's a phenomenal team, and Paul Mills is a, a phenomenal coach. And out of that, Scott Drew Tree, who he's got some pretty good ones so far in his in his career. Yeah. Uh, before I move on, I do. I feel like we haven't mentioned Purdue. I feel like we should because I, 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 out of all the teams, I feel they're like third up there. Like I, I, you say what you want about Painter as a coach. I mean, obviously Edie isn't like it isn't like new age basketball. Like just I like seeing him go in the post because I I used to be a big man. I like that style of play, but the, that's another team that. I could see Hoa hasting it up there, and and I feel like they're not getting a lot of respect just because Edie is like a traditional big man and that stuff. So I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I think it's a team that definitely could, um, you know, of course, you know, um, you know, cut down the nets in Houston in a couple of weeks, but I not that strongly on on them because. They 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 got two freshman guards and Smith and um and Foster Lawyer and they really struggle when you press them you put a lot of pressure on those two guards they really struggle um to handle it and I I think you could get a second round matchup against Memphis and Penny Hardaway loves to do that type of stuff I don't know why more Big Ten you know because they've blown some games this year Purdue and it's and it's at the under four it's like okay let's finally start pressing them. And teams get back into the games. And I don't know why some of these teams haven't done it for 40 minutes. And I think Purdue and I think Matt Painter's done a phenomenal job. I think he's a very good developing guy because he doesn't get a ton of four or five star guys. Uh, but yeah, and, and again, these games with Edie, they're going to be rough differently now that they're in the NCAA tournament. Big Ten kind of, they let you play a lot more sometimes in the NCAA tournament. You know, they'll tighten some things up. So it'll be interesting how some of these, Crews, you know, handle and Zach Eady at seven foot five. How how they call their game? So for Purdue, absolutely, I could see it, but I, I I'm not highly confident on because of their two freshman guards. I I kind of see them maybe struggling. Even a Florida Atlantic could put some pressure on them. That that's a very good nine seed, um, a, as well. So Purdue can, but I'm not that confident just because of their guards. Okay, I I I totally get that. I mean. But for I mean, speaking of their guards, for them losing uh, Ivy and who is the other one? I'm sorry, I'm forgetting. But I mean, obviously Ivy, uh, Ivy big, and then for for them to just with it with a uh, in the Big Ten where everything was kind of up and down, they they've been that consistent. They were that consistent one pretty much all season. But uh, I want to wrap things up here. Uh, I'm kind of throwing you a curveball here. Didn't mention it in the notes. Have you filled out the br- uh, your your bracket yet? Your initial I have not. I won't. Oh. I won't till Thursday morning. But oh, I okay. Kind of. Okay. No, I have. I have. I have some leans right now. But I, okay. I wait till Thursday morning. All right. Uh, all right. Then I'll just give you my final four. What I have right now, and I just want your thoughts about it. So obviously, Bama. I, I got a future on them. So I got them going. Uh, and then I got Marquette. Marquette Bama facing off in that one. So Marquette just so deep. Uh, also talk about coaching, Shaka Smart. Um, and then them, no real expectations for them to come in and be as good as they are. Uh, yeah, so, so, so I, I, I'm high on Marquette. Uh, I, I was going to be high on whoever won the Big East, to be honest with you, because, yeah, just because, I mean, I like – I don't like UConn, but I root for them because I'm kind of – I'm in Connecticut, so – I was looking at that, but then obviously Marquette. Then on the other side, I got Texas and UCLA. Uh, Texas scares me, like I said, because of the coaching stuff. But they got the talent. But I have, 
And then UCLA, we didn't really talk that much about them. Obviously, the big uh, the, the loss. I, 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 uh, Adam Bona, Bona. Yeah, but uh, no, uh, I mean the big disappointing loss in the in the Pac-12 cha- uh, tournament. That that's rough. But uh, Jaime Jaquez is, is a monster. Uh, he he's a beast. I, I ever since they they made that run a couple. That was two years ago too, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah. Ever since I made that run, I, I've I've loved Jaime Hi Hawkins. He's just awesome. So I, I have Bama beating UCLA in the national championship. What do you think? Can you see that happening? Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. You know, Alabama right now, again, kind of end of the year, yeah, you know, kind of the the stuff that was going on behind the scenes with Brandon Miller, you know. Kind of looked shaky, but this weekend they looked really good in the SEC tournament, and and um, they looked a lot better. And I think Alabama's got the easiest draw too. They're you know like it, it, it's not bad whatsoever. So you get to Elite Eight, and yeah, you you in Arizona would be a fun one. Um, yeah, and then Marquette as well. I saw them you know this weekend at the BU tournament. They again they were second away from losing St. John's, but they found a way, and then they you know they throttled a very good Xavier team Saturday night. Um, they found a way defensively. Olivier Prosper, uh, Max Prosmus, you know, was uh, was amazing defensively against Jordan Hawkins, who's you know, arguably could be a lottery pick this all, you know, this this in the upcoming draft. Marquette and yeah, Shaka Smart. He didn't fit at Texas because he fits at a team like Marquette where you're the underdog and he can put the team on a, on you know he can kind of um, motivate his guys. It's tough to do that Texas. Everybody at Texas doesn't really think of you as an underdog and I, he thrives very well at Marquette. Yeah. Texas as well. Yeah. Uh, the only thing is a little bit, their defense played really well Saturday night. I do have a little bit concerned about them Saturday night. And as you mentioned to the coaching, I, t- you know, Terry didn't do much at UTEP than Fresno state. Yeah. So it's too, you know, not easy, but um, I think he's done a really good job for the circumstances and yeah, UCLA, they lost Jalen Clark a couple weeks ago, who, um, you know, it's probably they're arguably the second or third best player. But again, a Mick Cronin team, like I, I think now a lot of teams are counting them, or a lot of people counting them out now um, because of that injury. But I could see Mick Cronin with that team kind of, um, you know, chips on their shoulders. You know, that it seems like a team that really does not like to lose. I could see that UCLA team going on yet another run. You mentioned Jaime Hawkins, yeah, a couple years ago had that you know huge run um big part of why they got to that final four and had that class against Gonzaga um and, and yeah Alabama to me that's a team I'm leaning towards I don't usually like taking number one overall seeds especially in this year where how wide open it is but yeah that plus 900 bet for Alabama that's definitely a good one because you ain't getting a number close to close of um that number you know anymore no not at all and uh also Another reason why I picked Alabama is, I mean, look at look at the NBA draft. Look at it. Like everyone's talking about uh, Webb and Yama, obviously. Um, Scoot, uh, G League. So, like, th- there's not a lot. NBA-wise, there's really no eyes getting drawn to the NCAA tournament. And I, I feel like Brandon Miller could have, like, a, a little bit of, like, a I mentioned Buddy Heel before, like a, a Lou Carmelo Anthony, me being a cute guy, a little bit of a run there, propel him stuff. Maybe I, I don't think anyone's catching up to Webby, but I, I think if he wins the NCAA tournament, I think I, I, I'm i not going to say he's going to be uh, up there, but I'm going to say that will be a segment on ESPN the next day. Would you take Brandon Miller or Webby? I, I, I see that coming already. So, yeah. I, and, I mean, we talked about – we talked, obviously, a lot about the conference tournaments because that's the most recent thing in our head. But you, there were so many teams that were disappointing. Uh, UCLA, um, Kansas, uh, all these teams that we thought were going to pull, pull out of there. Alabama took care of business. So, yeah, I I got Alabama. Roll Tide, I guess. That that feels weird to say, not ironically. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> So, 
So, yeah, it's going to be a fun one, though. I mean, I, I it, never have I felt so in, in the dark going into this. Like, uh, I'm on Bama, but I can see anything happening. Anything. Yeah, yeah anything could happen. It's a year, weird year where, yeah, you can see a lot of upsets. You could see some wacky kind of Elite Eight, Final Four kind of, you know, matchup. So, yeah, it's this is if you like the upsets and all that, it's it's gonna be uh, I expect it to be a fun one because yeah, there's uh there's a lot of potential upsets and it, yeah, it's it's gonna be a wild one. Should be a lot of fun. Yeah, but even if it is just chalk, like uh, who wouldn't want to see Purdue versus Bama or Kansas versus uh who's Virtusen, Houston Houston Houston. I, I was talking about disrespecting Houston, and there I go, just forgetting them. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it'll be fun. I'm excited, uh, and obviously build up, and it's going to be even more fun watching it. But uh, that's going to do it for today. Uh, big shout out to Annie Mac Home Mortgage for sponsoring today's episode, and also big shout out to Clovercrest Media. Make sure you check out clovercrestmedia.com. For more episodes of this podcast and other great podcasts like Sports Talk with R&J with Justin and Steve Risser. Uh, I'm sure you're going to talk a lot more about the NCAA tournament on Wednesday with Steve. And probably and a bunch of other stuff that we talked about here. You're probably going to go in the, with that as well. And a lot more. Who knows? Aaron Rodgers could be traded. By the time this comes, <laughs> by the time <laughs> you guys go live, Lamar Jackson. I mean, and also big contract stuff in the in the NFL as well. D lineman getting paid, which is I like seeing, obviously. But uh, thanks again for coming on, Justin. Thanks for having me, Jace. No problem, and hopefully uh, we'll have you back on soon. Maybe like Final Four or something. I love it. Talk more college basketball, but uh. Thank you, everyone, for watching and listening. We'll be back next week for more John About the G-Men. I'm Big Jace. That's Justin D'Onofrio. Take care, everyone. Open. Shepard all alone. Shepard breaks a tackle. And into the end zone, Sterling Shepard. Thibodeau got there. Got the ball out. Scooped it and scored! Touchdown Giants! Kayvon Thibodeau! Second down, five, Jones again. Oh, here he goes! He can see the pylon! Touchdown! Barkley looking for a seed. Great cut, Saquon Barkley in for the touchdown! Hello, my name is Joe McGuire. I'm the president of Clovercrest Media Group. And here at CMG, we have a wide variety of podcasts, including sports shows like Keys to the City, The Roll Call, Throwing Jabs, All Four Downs, and Jawing About the G-Men. And great true crime shows like Sticky Week, Crimes and Consequences, Ivy League Murders, and Bird, The Unsolved Murder of David Eichmann. You can find all these podcasts and so much more by visiting clovercrestmedia.com.